Um, last week, I was blessed to be here as I am today. And I shared with you a message that brings forth the breath and the life of faith among us as believers. And we saw in the scriptures, especially beginning from Psalms 110, how Jesus prophetically showed a pattern that after his ascension, after him sitting at the right hand of the Father, that he's going to rule through Zion, the church, with the rod of his strength, that it's going to be expressed through his people. Hallelujah. And we come to understand that we are not here to follow just what the civilian man is planning for us. We are not here to just follow a few strategies that are about this earthly life. But we are here on divine assignment to rule on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God wants to invade the earth. The kingdom of God wants to permeate every place in society, in community, and every place in your life, your heart. The kingdom of God wants to find expression through God's people in the earth realm. Hallelujah. And so, we, we have a great we have a great, great work to do. Hallelujah. We have a great work to do as a body of Christ. We're in a great position. And it's important that we realize the responsibility that God has set upon us as his people. Are we together? We realize the responsibility that God has placed upon the church. When I and you gave our lives to Jesus, probably we never knew what we were getting into apart from the fact that we were repenting of our sins and coming to Jesus to save us from eternal damnation. Maybe that's all we knew. And maybe for the biggest part of your salvation and of your walk, you have never been alarmed by the responsibility you have in the kingdom. All you probably knew was that you are part of a beneficiary system which is meant to make you benefit only. You sit down there and receive. Maybe that's how you have been raised to believe and to think in your walk with the Lord. And you have not come to the place of realizing that the king 
who is sitting on the throne is looking at you and wondering how the scepter of his rod is going to be expressed through your life. The king is looking at you and wondering how you're going to benefit his kingdom. Not that the king is selfish, no. But he knows it's on your account if you're of benefit to his kingdom. It is for your good, for your reward, your eternal reward. If you allow his government to come through your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For a big portion of the body of Christ, many of us are still not even foot soldiers. We are still in the civilian group. When I say civilian group, you know what I mean. For men in the body of Christ, they are still in the civilian group. The ones who have not woken up to the battle of the king. And let me put it this way. The ones who have not woken up to the, the battle of battles. The end time battle. The battle that is going to determine the final harvest on the earth. The harvest of souls. And so many are still walking in the civilian life governed by natural elements and affairs. Because that's how we have been groomed. That's how we have been taught. We have been given a description of what life is without the kingdom of God and his interests. So when we leave church on Sunday, Monday, Monday is another day altogether. The kingdom of God is placed in the back of our minds. And then we attack life like any other human being. Who knows God? Oh, who doesn't know God? But more likely those who don't even know him. That's the way we approach life. That's the way we approach business. That's the way we approach our corporate lifestyles. That's the way we, we approach our families. We do not draw the strategy of our day, the strategy of our living from above, from God himself, so that when we walk out of our homes, if we are to do so, or whether we stay in our homes, we are living from a higher point of view and seeing life from that point. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible has said that creation is longing for the manifestation of what? Sorry? Of the true sons of God. Creation is longing and it travails in that longing. It yearns to see those who have the government of God in their life and through their life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Everything around us seems to be looking for answers, looking for God, looking for the fulfillment of their purpose and their creation. And it is the sons of God who are going to bring everything into that fullness. Hallelujah. So when the Bible says that he will rule from Zion, and the Bible says that he will rule through Zion by the scepter of his strength, and he will rule in the midst of his word. Sorry? Please stay with me. He will rule in the middle of the what? Of enemies. When Psalms 110, verse 1 and 2, as we shared last Sunday, he will rule in the midst of his enemies. Everybody say enemies. Everybody say enemies. You see, friends, we have not been raptured yet. We are here. And the reason we are here is, everybody said, to rule. Say it again, to rule in the middle of enemies. Hallelujah. The enemies are not going to be removed. No. It's not their time. The time for the powers of darkness to be cast into darkness or into the lake of fire is not now. I know their time is short and they do know it. Their time is short. In fact, they know it more than we know. And they are working harder than we are working. They are working harder than we are working because they know these diabolical spirits know that their, their time is very short. But God has not removed them. Why? He wants his people to rule where they are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the mandate of dominion that was reactivated through the church. Hallelujah. Adam had animals to have dominion over. He had the earth. He had all the natural things to have dominion over. And then Satan invades Adam's space. And Satan takes the dominion. Now Jesus comes as our second Adam. And gives us back the keys of authority. And now not only do we have the power and the authority to rule over the natural realm. But even over Satan and all his hordes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus said it. He said, I will build my church. I will do what? Build my church. And the gates, the principalities, the rulers, the authorities of hell shall not prevail. That is the place of ruling. The church will rule in the midst of the gates of hell. Hallelujah. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says that those that have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Shall reign where? Shall reign where? 
in life by Christ Jesus. We shall reign by who? Christ. The scepter of his road is given to the church to reign. Is that what we see today? Do we see the church ruling in the midst of the enemies? On the seven mountains of society, the mountain of media, the mountain of education, the mountain of family, the mountain of sports, the mountain of government, the mountain of what? Politics, power, what else? Entertainment and sports. On those mountains of governance, God wants the church to reign over or to rule in the midst of his enemies. Hallelujah. But it does not look like the church is yet there. We look like we have a lot of work to catch up on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And for me, I, I really feel that one of the things that has caused the church to lag behind in the divine mandate to restore dominion through the church is our, could I call it being slow? Can I call it being slow? How slow we are or how we are weak in our response to follow after him, God, to pursue him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The secret of power with the church, the secret of influence with the church is one, seeking God. I know you have heard that a number of times and right now it's not resonating with you properly. You're like, okay, Andrew, I thought you had another secret. I thought you had something new to say. That one I know. The reason you're not doing it is because you think you know it. It's the reason. That we can be speaking about seeking God and our hearts and our minds agree and we feel, yes, it's the truth. But our response to do it is lacking. Lacking, lacking heavily. And I know that seeking God is not just prayer. Seeking God is your entire walk with God. Your entire walk, how you align yourself to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know that there are many people who have, you know, there are so many wonderful Christians. You find them and they are beautiful people. They have character. They have integrity. They have love. All the, the values that show godliness, they have them. But when you look at them, one thing they lack is the life of prayer, the life of fasting, 
The life of being deep in the word. In other words, that place of surrender to God where your life is at the altar. But you meet the person and the person is a wonderful believer. And also because of that nature of character, it has a measure of power and influence it will give any believer who has it. Character. Having character is amazing. A lot of things can happen through your life because of a godly character. But it's not enough. It's not enough to have a godly character. The man who died and rose from the dead. When he walked after his resurrection with his disciples 40 days as he was leaving the earth the cloud came and picked him off the ground and in those moments he spoke to them and said do not depart from Jerusalem these are men who are converted Men who have walked with Jesus three years, there is something, they have spiritual character currency. But that character was not enough for the dominion mandate of the church. Hallelujah. So Jesus tells them, don't leave what? Don't leave what? Don't leave what? Until what? Sorry. Today, we don't even know about the upper room. We do not know Jerusalem. We don't know. We don't even mind. What we pray today is, Lord, give me grace as I go to minister. God, help me today as I go for this challenge. But there is an empowerment that comes upon believers who tarry at the altar. Hallelujah. And it's only that empowerment that creates, listen, that creates what Jesus called a witness. Somebody say a witness. That is the New Testament version of the word spy. One who has gone there and seen how potent the land is. Hallelujah. He said, you cannot be my witnesses until you are endued with power. Hallelujah. When God gives his people this endowment of power the dominion mandate ruling in the midst of enemies becomes quite easy hallelujah let me tell you friends listen let's not try to rule without the right equipment 
we will be disappointed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The church has left the things to do with the Holy Spirit and seeking for that empowerment of the Spirit. We have left that aside and, and maybe we have left it to a few individuals, maybe on the altar, pastors, etc. And now the world has understood that everything is moved by power. Like never before, there is such a surge of the supernatural in communities. When you look at what's going on even in entertainment, when you look at what's going on in music, when you look at what's going on even in broad day other arts, there is always a power behind backing many of these things. Praise the Lord. I get amazed sometimes, you know, when you, you see on Facebook, a number of posts come up and you see children doing magic. Children doing magic. Some of them have read the Harry Potter book. They have learned the mantras to call up demons and talk to demons and get spiritual power from demons and they can play with magic tricks. When you look at the cartoons they are watching on TV, many cartoons are full of magic mermaids and all kinds of stuff. They are introducing a young generation to the supernatural world. And some of these children, as they watch those cartoons, the mantra is in the cartoon. You can't hear it as an adult. It catches the child, not you. There's a word, there's a secret word placed within the cartoon. As the cartoon plays beginning to end, that word is repeated and it enters the child. And before you know it, the heart of the child has been traded away. The Bible talks about those who, who through magic have traded souls of men. They are now doing it in cartoons. You look at a cartoon that looks so innocent, but in it, there's enough power to draw a child away from God. My own personal friend and brother-in-law, his daughter, one time they asked him, they asked her to pray for the meal. And she prayed for the meal. And after praying for the meal, she's ending the prayer and she says, in the name of Dora and, what was the other cartoon's name? There's a cartoon called Dora and another one. She prayed in the name of a cartoon. And this is a daughter of a pastor. And they asked her, how do you dare pray in that name? And she said, and they told her that we pray in the name of Jesus, not in that name. Of course she knew it. But her soul had been treaded while watching the cartoon. So she told them, for me, Dora is the one in my heart. Doesn't that scare you? Praise the Lord. Dora is the one in her heart. And, you know, my brother just told me this story and was shocked. He said, Andrew, we had to take off the TV. That was the bell that told us that we do not know what our children are watching. 
you have no, you have no clue what they're watching. Recently, I was seeing a very nice cartoon that was being played on one of the Christian TVs. And they're mermaids. Water spirits. Water spirits in a cartoon. Who are those who are going to come on the mountain of media and rule? And rule there. Hallelujah. Many of these things are happening to us because our response to seeking God with all of our hearts is lacking. We hear these messages, they are good to us, but they do not really, we do not really yield to the call after him. Let me say this. Let me say this, friends. Even when it comes to the kingdom having dominion over mammon, over resources, it's not going to happen until the baptism of the Spirit comes upon God's people. Mammon is a spirit. It's a spirit. And we are not just going to go with just a divine strategy. We must have divine energy. Hallelujah. We must have the power and the presence of God. Many of you are in different workplaces. God wants to raise you. God wants to use you to have rulership on those mountains. But the reason why you cannot be effective yet to the degree that God wants to use you is because however much God has built in you the integrity, however much God has built in you the strategy, the wisdom, however much you have all those wonderful Christian qualities, you lack the power, the energy to take over. You're quiet on me, but it's true. Tell your neighbor it's true. You are in a place. God has placed you there. Your future is great. God wants to take you to higher realms. And in fact, he's already taking you. But you are leaving behind a weapon. You have left behind what you need. To have dominion. Praise the Lord. God lifted Joseph. To a place where. The Bible says. Joseph became a father. To Pharaoh. Do you know what that means? That means that Pharaoh. Was no longer listening to magicians. Pharaoh. Was no longer calling himself. God in Egypt. Because Joseph became his father. That was not promotion because Joseph interpreted just a dream. The Bible says, for God was with him. God was with him. And what God wants to do is to raise up people in the marketplace, in the business, in different places. People who have sought God 
and God is with them. Hallelujah. Somebody is going to go and enter your office and come in with a charm because they can see that your star is brightly shining. And they know that this believer, if we don't do something now, they're going to go there and they're going to hinder us. They dare and walk into your office to put a charm in your position. But because God is with you, <laughs> they run out before even they think of doing something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They start to think twice because they realize there is a hedge of fire around you. There is a glory on your life. Praise the Lord. For them, they thought you just had values. No. You had more than values. You had the glory of God upon your life. Praise the Lord. There is no way the back of mammon is going to yield to the people of God unless the people of God have paid the price and God is with them. Ladies, we are in battle. Gentlemen, we are in battle. We are in battle. The Bible says rule in the midst of enemies. Some of us are living as though there are no enemies around you. You are opening up yourself to anything. You have no clue. We are in battle. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible to 2 Chronicles. 16 verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. Can we read together? It's on the screen if you have no Bible. Let's read together. Hallelujah. God has no problem with strength. He's not lack of strength. He doesn't have a lack of it. He has all the strength that he can ever want. Hallelujah. But then, this scripture is telling us that for that strength to be manifest, God is looking for something on the earth. Hallelujah. What is he looking for? Sorry? Please walk with me. What is he looking for? Sorry? All right. International Standard Version says, The Lord's eyes keep on roaming throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts completely belong to him, so that he may strongly support them. But because you have acted foolishly in this, from now on, you will have wars. A heart that is strongly loyal, strongly his, 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of you enjoy reading histories about men and women of God whom God has used before? You love reading them. You know, one of the good things that can help you is to, to check the foundations of the church. Because you may be building and thinking you're really building a wonderful building. Until you look at someone who built before you. Then you realize, ah, I'm playing games. Hallelujah. There, there, there are things you hear about men and women. People like Catherine Kuhlman. Who were so sold out to the Holy Spirit. They were a no compromise people. They were totally, radically given to God. Fully surrendered to God. And God showed himself strong through their lives. Now, I know that our generation, because we have no clue about those foundations of the past, of the body of Christ. One of the things our generation has for us is called the spirit of compromise. Compromise is where you have God as your God, but he's given a department in your life. And then you have so many other things occupying so many other departments in your life. But you keep resorting to God as your God. But he's given limits. And you keep going back to certain other things and giving yourself to them. And God here in the scripture is saying he's looking for a heart that is loyal. That completely belongs to him. A heart that completely, completely belongs to him. I do not know if you define yourself as such. I do not know if you can say, God, don't look anywhere else on the earth. I'm here. Where are you looking all over? I'm here. My heart is yours. You know it, Lord. But the reason the Bible says he's looking all over, it's because not everybody, not everybody has a loyal heart. And this is a prophecy by the prophet. He's speaking to King Asa. King Asa was a seeker of God. We know in chapter 15 he made a covenant and made all of Israel to seek God. All of Israel. So there were priests, there were, there were prophets, there were all these people. But then the prophet, is it Hanani, who comes and he gives this insight to the king. That king, you have missed something. You have missed it. God is looking for a man who totally depends on him. What was the mistake of Asa? Asa was attacked by the king of Assyria. Instead of going to God and talking to God about it, Asa calls on the king of Israel called King Basha. Makes a treaty with him and tells him, come, help me attack this other king. And everything looked okay. He looked like he has just asked for help. 
And the king attacks the other one, some of the cities. So this guy leaves attacking King Asa and goes back to fight. Then the prophet comes to show Asa, you have done a big mistake for you to depend on men and not on God. This battle, God wanted to bring glory to himself. Hallelujah. And these are many of the mistakes we do in life when we fail to fully depend on God as our source and then we turn to other options. And then the Bible tells him, from this time you shall have wars. Wars. You may multiply your wars because your heart is not loyal to God. Let me say that again for some of you who are sleeping. You may multiply your woes because your heart does not fully depend on God. You had one war to fight. You had one challenge in your life. You had one problem in your life. You turned to men. You went to other options. And before you know it, there have become seven problems. Cast is a man. Who trusts in a man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody say loyal heart. Say Lord, I want a loyal heart. A heart to seek you. Fully. Stand up on your feet. The young people who are here, the youth, the youth who are here, I want you to listen to this, the youth who are here. If you have not yet heard this, you hear it now. Our mission statement is here. A generation of dedicated youth whose identity and mission is Christ, and who live to make him known and loved. I'm reading it again. A generation of dedicated youth. Say dedicated. The young people who are under Faith Family Church, you are here today. If you are not ready to pursue God with all your heart, we will not wait for you. When I say young people, I'm talking about the youth from the age 13 upwards. Those are the young people, the youth, the children are below 13. I want to talk to those who are 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, upwards. If you think that youth in Christ is a place to just come and happen, you're mistaken. It's a place of dedication. We are a people who are going to be dedicated to Jesus. To seek him with all of our hearts. If you're a young person and you're in this room and you're still living in sin and playing around with yourself and life, wake up. Wake up. Jesus is not going to come back and find you young playing around. He wants you to have dominion. I said he wants you to have dominion. 
You can be 13 years and walking in dominion, reigning in life. Seeking God with all your heart, loyal, dedicated, dedicated. I beg the young people here, let's get out of the general happiness. Come out of the generation you're part of and become the generation of those that seek God. The generation of Jacob. The Holy Spirit has been breathing upon the youth ministry and we thank him. Fresh breath. But where I see the Holy Spirit taking the youth ministry, he wants you to reign in your generation. He wants to give you influence. He wants you to touch lives beyond yourself. He wants you to be multiplied. The life in you to be multiplied to others. Lift up those hands. And tell him, Lord, if you're looking for a man whose heart is loyal, I'm here. Repent of all disloyalty. Repent of your inconsistencies. Repent of your failures. Repent of them. Repent of them. Forsake them. Recommit yourself to Jesus. Recommit your heart. Say, Father, I want to follow you with all my heart. I want to pursue. I want you to raise me as a son, as a daughter in your kingdom. Come on, talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. As you talk to Jesus, I request Papa to come, please. Papa Dennis, please join. I invite you. Jesus' name. Talk to him. Talk to him. Let this be a place of death. Let this be a place of commitment. Let this be a place that God finds men and women, boys and girls, whose hearts are dedicated to his purpose, to his calling. Thank you, Lord.
Here I am longing for you. 